Lives of Pitch, the podcast where we pitch the best films that'll never get made. I'm Matt Turner. And I'm Tom McGrath. And the game goes like this. We asked you, our devoted listeners, to come up with titles that you'd like to hear us pitch. We then collaborate, coming up with story points, casting, and even marketing strategies. Without further ado, this week's title is... I can't find my keys. <laughs> <laughs> Just screams superhero, doesn't it? Yeah. It's... <laughs> uh, we're doing yeah. superhero movies, listeners. Superhero movies. Uh, joining us this week is Charlie Gascoigne. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, we, we've been meaning to have you on the show for a little while. Yes, I can um, only apologise. Um, <laughs> when, when Tom uh, messaged me, I scrolled up the, the chat and it was just me <laughs> cancelling on Tom <laughs> for about a year. <laughs> the worst I, friend. Yeah. I think I asked you to come on, I think it was like the first episode of the Halloween month last year. <laughs> yeah, that's so it would have been like last week in September or something. And it's so... great, it's worth it just to see the pain in his little eyes. <laughs> I was like, I better get meningitis quick so that I can come on the show. <laughs> oh, sorry, Tom. <laughs> Dived. So that's why you, you ordered all that meningitis. Yeah, I was like, quick, Amazon Prime. <laughs> Give me meningitis immediately. Dived Next day delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Dived into a pool of meningitis. Yeah. I Can't Find My Keys was given to us by My Waste of Talent. Uh, they found us on Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show if you want to give us a follow there. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast as well, just to give us your titles. Go and look for the title posts we put up, or just say, I want to see this film pitched, and we may pitch it. Who knows? I mean, say, I want to get an ice cream. We just like to hear from you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can contact us there. So do you want to hear some super, super honourable mentions? <laughs> super. Yeah. So from Joe Thompson, we've got 99% made of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very close contender for this yeah. week. 99% made of bullets. What's the 1%? I, I gotta ask. Yeah. I gotta think. I don't know, Charlie. <laughs> I gotta picture it in my head. Glue? <laughs> Glue. <laughs> Blue tack string. <laughs> like I'm trying to think what would stick some bullets together. Ninety nine percent bullets, one percent gun. Skin. <laughs> it's just a gun. I think skin. Skin. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of bullets wrapped in a skin suit. Like someone has skinned someone, and then used it as a bullet bag I mean it's come to life I feel like um, it's like a bionic man situation someone's been in a very very bad bad car accident and with a truck full of bullets <laughs> crashed into the back of their car and they were like we can save you but only if you if we replace all of your internal organs with bullets <laughs> Maybe they dig up Superman and they're like, okay, well, clearly he's not well, but what if we save his skin, replace him with bullets, and we'll just power him off as a new suit, we'll recycle it. It's good for the planet, and it's good It's good for us, DC comics. Directed by Zack Snyder for some reason. For some reason. So who plays 99% made of bullets? Are we thinking, like, it, it would be difficult to pull off in real... 
apart from like with great sound design is just this regular person walks around crushing it's got to be someone who looks like they're already 69% bullets yeah. <laughs> they've got to look fairly shrapnel as it is um, yeah who looks like they're 69%, but at least 69. At least 69%. So you can digitally it up 30%. Yeah. Either Dov Lundgren or Sliced Alone. Like... I, was think, I was thinking Stallone, because I think oh. nowadays he, yeah, he, he's quite... Or Travolta. Mm. Ooh. Who? Travolta. Travol- oh, he yeah. He moves like a man full of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> he moves like a man full of random metal objects. Yeah. <laughs> Like a metal bean bag. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like a, 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 a cadet in the army or whatever the people in the army are called. Um, and he's running around fighting. He's learning how to shoot guns. Uh, and then he's in a terrible car accident, completely unrelated to being in, in, in combat. <laughs> and He's driving, driving on the highway yeah. uh, back from the... Back from the airport, listening to um, uh, uh, Sweet Sugar. Home Alabama. <laughs> Sugar, da, 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 that one. Nice. And then Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And the, on the turning point with a DJ saying, "Oh, you better watch out for that truck full of bullets." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm talking to you, Travolta's character. <laughs> yeah. So he's done a big crash, and they basically tried to make him into a bionic man. Right, we'll skip forward into the, past the like grim anti-military sort of like oh the plane with what humanity is and stuff. <laughs> Turns out basically he's accidentally signed his his, his body away to um to the government. Yeah, filled with bullets. And um they're like, well, what if we put a cannon on his arm? And then they're like, what? he hasn't got an arm left to put a cannon on. <laughs> well, what if we the, the cannon comes out of his mouth? What if we put that's, a cannon in his mouth? Yeah. He hasn't got a mouth left to put a cannon on. <laughs> uh, where, 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 where do we put the cannons? I don't understand. Where do we, well, uh, what, what is there left? And he's like, pretty much only 1% is left of him. <laughs> he's like, And they hold it up in a jar. <laughs> it's just an undisclosed mass in a jar. Yeah. This is the 1%. <laughs> It's glowing. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> he crashed into a radioactive thing, and it's like glowing. And he's like, it seems to have the the potential to stick things together. And then, and then oh my god! Then, so it's John Travolta, but like CG'd up with bullet, just bullet Travolta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they just roll this sticky mass that was Travolta. <laughs> into bullets <laughs> and you just see him dragging piles of bullets along just like hit, hit, hit. Uh, I, I can't, you know who what is, who is 99% made of bullets as arch nemesis then um <laughs> magnet man <laughs> well he gets he gets sent out into the field presumably and then he gets shot once and then half of the bullets go off <laughs> Oh yeah, and the, the enemy realised that you know that that they need to break him apart. Yeah. In order to to separate the bullets and separate the sentience, so he gets like he gets less aware the less bullets there are. Like the less right. bullets he is, mm. the less of Travolta he is, and yeah. just you know bit by bit. You got to make sure that he's got as many bullets as possible. Yeah, you need to retain 
the bullet. So as he's going over the top, I assume, of the trenches. This is clearly a World War One film. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just screams historical accuracy. <laughs> The, uh, the 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 cartoon uh, uh, Jerry's on the other side are like, ah, oh, I'm not going to do an accent, but uh, <laughs> pretend I have. Ah, oh, as you can see, you know, the more bullets he is, the the less we're going to win this war, guys. <laughs> and they start gluing their guns together. <laughs> Bigger guns. 90, 99% guns. <laughs> they need to be 100% guns. <laughs> I like how it's, yeah, um, it looks like they're made out of 99% guns. <laughs> I like, I think, I think. St- Stallone. Early Stallone, on, yeah. Early on, there's a learning experience where Travolta's like, because he wants to be a big hero, like he, he'd only just, he's a young man and therefore. <laughs> So funny. Um, uh, they've, they've sort of like you know uh, CG'd him like in Star Wars. They've sort of they they, they make him young at the start. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They 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 make him look young at the start. So he's just signed up uh, so that they can use the proper the proper um, Travolta when when the proper falling apart man Travolta um, when they when they do the ninety nine percent bullets. And uh, he's like, oh, I want to get out there now. I'm 99% bullets. I'll go everywhere. And then he, like, rushes over the top, like, rushes in with his with his mates who he convinces to go over, even though he's been advised caution because he's only there to carry bullets, basically. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he's it's like, just a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to run out. And he runs out and he gets shot once. And then the one bullet sets off all the other bullets. And then load of bullets just, like, spray everywhere and kill all his friends. Oh, no. Because uh, I was thinking hubris the more people shoot him, him, the more bullets he becomes. Yeah. Well, later on we find that. Like, mm. it, but but he realizes that bullets are dangerous to his friends as well. So he has to work alone. Work oh, alone. Yes. Then we get some angst, some drama, and that's when we can. Um, in in that fray, there's, there was a single German soldier who shot him when that explosion went off. Mm. With, it was uh, is is one percent. Travolta. It was sliced alone with yeah. a single German German yeah. soldier, and I'm out of the <laughs> he's got one percent Travolta in him. <laughs> I'm out of doing. Stick guns on me. <laughs> yeah, because he because he got caught up in all the bullets, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's also been like yeah. blown apart. So the, I think it ends with <laughs> he's like Herr Hitler, Herr Hitler in the First <laughs> World War, <laughs> Herr Hitler. <laughs> Give me some guns. Stick Give me your me. finest Hitler guns <laughs> from the vault. It's got all mustaches on it. Hitler's like, yes, I will. I will put all my guns on you because I am a very, very clever uh, scientist man. Mon- montage where uh, Hitler's sticking guns to him with some PVA glue yeah. and some bit of glitter as well. <laughs> um, like, some Pritt stick. I think, I think Hitler gets a song in this. <laughs> there should be like a girls just want to have fun montage where like he keeps coming out like with different kinds of styles of guns on him and Hitler's like no he's shaking his head and then eventually he comes out fully decked out in glittery guns and Hitler's like thumbs up yeah that's you're a good really, looking gun boy you've really done it this time <laughs> 
He high fives Goebbels. <laughs> beautiful moment. You're 100% guns. <laughs> it ends with a kaiju fight with 99% bullets and 100% guns. <laughs> because he's lost all his humanity, Stallone. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. That's where the, the 1% is where the humanity lives. Yeah, yeah that's gone. <laughs> In the trenches, they're just fighting and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, obviously, Travolta wins. And then uh, there's an after credit scene. I don't think I don't think Travolta wins. I huh? think Travolta throws himself at 100% guns. Oh, and they then both... he, he, exp- he he dissipates. Yeah. Uh, they they come in for a punt, big punch. Mm. Mm. Travolta dissipates like into a bunch of like explodes into loads of bullets that like every bullet used on the front mm. explodes into and then um, uh, Stallone's like there. I beat him I beat him I beat him and then he realised that every gun has been loaded with <laughs> with Travolta <laughs> yes <laughs> and Travolta explodes himself <laughs> to, uh, to to destroy Stallone the ultimate sacrifice and so uh, after credit scene yep. uh, we've got Hitler being fired from the science division. <laughs> like, I'll come back, I tell you. He's got a box with some of his paintings yeah. in. <laughs> he stood outside like, you're sacking me. <laughs> like, but I have some really good ideas. <laughs> and then it says Hitler will return in <laughs> World War Two. Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like that bit as well, like where, um, like in, um, like the Iron Giant, or uh, I think also in Baymax, where there's that one little bullet left, and like one of his like friends has kept this one bullet. That's oh, all yeah, that remains, yeah, yeah. and then one day it just starts rolling towards <laughs> the window, and they're like World War Two <laughs> soon, <laughs> a new dawn. <laughs> The 99% made of bullets cinematic universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the 99% made of cars. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, no. it's, it's like it is the 99% made of universe. Yeah. <laughs> 99% Vietnam man. <laughs> go through all, all, the, all the stages of war. It's like Call of Duty, like you'll get progressively more techy the more the war gets. 99% Vietnam man. <laughs> He's just, just 99% of Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> Just stands up. <laughs> a geological creation. <laughs> Vietnam stands up. <laughs> no more America. Got, yeah. I get really tired of these uh, these Americans with their flamethrowers. You know, ha, is this thing on? <laughs> you got uh, Bernie Sanders, ninety nine percent versus the one percent. That's that's one of the films. Ninety nine percent Bernie Sanders, man. <laughs> That is a show in Edinburgh right now, though, isn't it? Vietnam Stands Up. Like, Ooh. surely, surely Vietnam Stands Up is a show in Edinburgh. It should, if not, like, we should ring somebody up there. Like, guys, guys, guys. What if? Why have, ring up every venue? It's like, have you got Vietnam Stands Up in your venue? No. Then why not? Hitler did not get fired for this disrespect <laughs> that you were putting on our project. Hitler didn't get fired. <laughs> yes, he did. He was a misunderstood scientific genius. <laughs> so from Ross underscore originals, we've got pathetic person. Oh, gosh. <laughs> pathetic 
person. Pathetic person is uh, Jimmy Person, okay. who's uh, like a school kid, probably played by oh, the kid from Markham in the Middle, or <laughs> some, yeah, someone yeah. like a weird ed. <laughs> Um, he's just, he just, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's not really the popular kid in school and like, he's, and he, and he, he has the nickname, pathetic person. <laughs> um, and you know, and, and you hear him walking down the corner like, oh, you'll never be anything person. You'll, you'll only ever be a pathetic person. <laughs> and these, this becomes like, cutting. yeah, they're really, they're really, it, it's, it's rated PG. So like no, <laughs> no one, no one calls him anything worse than just being pathetic um and he's and he's got a friend like he's got sort of like a like a a nice friendly fairly useless nerdy sidekick mm. kind of friend who you know he, he moans to about like oh, i'm never going to be anything other than just person pathetic jimmy person and yeah. it's like kind of you know setting himself up for being the unlikely hero mm-hmm. to receive some kind of Special power. Some kind of I honestly thought you were about to say the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Some kind of <laughs> just like what? For absolutely no reason he receives the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> oh, his name. He got confused with a uh, famous uh, sort of scientist who's just like cured <laughs> TB or something James Person <laughs> uh, and he ends up getting the award <laughs> he um so he gets uh he he's like hiding taking like ripping this uh, intro from um the page master um he's <laughs> riding away from bullies who mm. want him to do a jump in <laughs> uh in the um, on, on his bike in this yeah on the bike there's a storm yeah. He hates storms because he's scared of everything. Yeah. Um, he pulls into not the library, but a cave where, like, uh, but the, he pulls into the cave and, like, slips down a, a like, a, a little hill of it because he's trying to hide. Mm. Uh, can't get back up. The cave starts filling with all, all, all the water from the, from the rainstorm. It's like a flash flood. Mm. So now, like, this, the water's rising. He's like, oh, no, I can't swim, I can't swim, or whatever. Like, and, and he crawls further into the cave to try and get away from it. Um, and... Uh, he like touches this black fungus slime stuff which sort of attaches to him and mm. then he blacks out and he wakes up in hospital and you know carries on his mum's like oh what happened to you etc etc I think his powers basically when, when he next gets bullied manifest as being like they manifest as his worries so like his anxieties and stuff so he um he's worried about being pathetic so like when someone punches him he like flops out the way goes like 2d into like a sheet <laughs> flops onto their hands onto their fist and slides up it Ugh. onto their back and then just gets immensely heavy <laughs> and so the person just collapses to the ground Gross. because he's like a burden on them and like so everything you can think of that's like a uh, an anxiety, yeah. uh, something that he's terrified of either mm. being or um, of of that he's scared of, just manifests into his powers. Yeah, so like maybe like someone runs at him to like attack him, he just panics and sort of drops to his knees to kind of shield. And like he's waiting for the impact, he looks out and he realizes that he's turned into like a ramp. Yeah. So the guy who's run is now like just soaring majestically. <laughs> this guy, and everyone's like, really oh my sl- god, person, what happened? He's like, I, 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 and he's like, yeah. He, he takes him a really long and infuriating <laughs> from the audience's point of view 
time to realise what's happening to yeah. him. <laughs> he just continues to sort of wobble around panicking <laughs> long before he finally sort of recognises that this this is A, a good thing, and B, supernatural. Yeah. He just spends so much time being like, oh my god, what, how's, how am I going to explain this to my mum? Oh, she's going to kill me. I was lucky I got out of that one. <laughs> he gets detention from being a human ramp and, la- and launching a kid into the sun. They're like, oh. Now, Jimmy, you know we're... <laughs> I'm going to show you a promotional video about turning into a human ramp. <laughs> Listen. You're going for a lot of changes at <laughs> your age. You're a nice kid, you know, a, a, little, a little wimpy sometimes. But, you know, that's just what Coach says. But you can't be turning into ramps, all right? It's just, it's just not, not this close to finals, all right? It's just not... Can't be I know, that. I know that the, the, the TV nowadays is always telling you to be who you are. Well, I tell you what, Jimmy, uh, round here at uh, Dawkins Elementary High... <laughs> <laughs> Being a ramp isn't who you are. It's not who any of us are. <laughs> we don't like to be ramps from time to time. We've got jobs. We've got responsibilities. I'm the principal of a school, Jimmy. You think I don't want to be a ramp sometimes? I gotta be a ramp. I can't be a ramp, all right? Who is, who is Alec Baldwin? Is <laughs> playing, playing yes. this principal? <laughs> Look, Jimmy. Can I call you Jimmy? <laughs> So how does this where does this go? Yeah, where does it go? We know that two hours of this film and just yeah. sort of discovering that he has power. Yeah. And Alec Baldwin's sketches. Yeah. <laughs> it it takes it takes a while, but um there's there, there'll be sort of a there'll be a random sort of uh, development in the world. It'll not it'll not be sort of necessarily relevant to Jimmy, you know, it it could be aliens, it could be, you know, some, something that otherwise wouldn't wouldn't bother Jimmy, and it it takes him another could, real long while to, to realize could he could this help. Back to where I was going, um, the uh, the Nobel Peace Prize thing, because in in my head I was like, what could, what's the most extreme thing someone could be given the Nobel Peace Prize for? I was like, solving Israel Palestine. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. Somehow, <laughs> I think like it must be something. Like, if you want to, wanted to make it appropriate, it'd have to be something like in school that was happening that was unjust, mm. but not to him. So it would be like one of the departments was getting shut down, yeah. or like. Uh, and that's too small. Uh, it's a superhero film. Um, it would be something like um, a corporation mm. were trying to close down the school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they wanted to use it for nefarious means. Oh, like it was on an oil well. Well, or the oil like well that. that this special oil that they found in a cave. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh my god. This incredibly profitable oil that, yeah, yeah. that the school is on. Yeah, they, they call it oil but actually they the, the corporation ha, ha, know that it might have some because it's like a, a, a byproduct of something from their factory up, up mm. the river or whatever they know and they want to cover it up and or use this this byproduct and maybe uh, while they're uh, while they're checking on their source which is obviously the cave um 
one of the divers down there is like, Bosh, you got to see this. And he just pulls up Jimmy's bike oh, that's still there. And he's got his little name written on it underneath because, oh, of course, it has. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Jimmy. So they assume they're looking mm. for some absolute oh, henge kit. They're, they're obviously looking for, like, so maybe they're going around schools pretending to be inspectors. Oh, I love it. So, the, so there's, like, a whole kind of <laughs> E.T. thing where this government, like... Uh, facility is sort of like going from house to house yeah. looking for this kid and I think somehow there's a there's a scene where Jimmy and his friends are cycling through the suburbs and they've got like trucks going after them and stuff like that yeah, like Jimmy's definitely. changed into a bike yeah uh, he becomes you know like his friends like he's like oh god I don't think we're gonna cycle away and his friends are like Jimmy for god's sake oh right yeah and then changes into like a huge bike that they all jump on and he's like a human motorcycle because he, he keeps frequently forgetting um, that he has these powers uh, and it doesn't it doesn't come naturally to him to, yes. to, to use them at all Maybe even right up until the end of the film. <laughs> he only uses them when him. someone shouts at him. Yeah. Maybe there's maybe he's got like a sassier sort of female who's like she's sort of his love interest, but she's like she's a lot harder than him and yeah. she's definitely like more aggressive. She fights a lot of his battles for him and she's her whole thing is is to sort of <laughs> smack him upside the head and constantly remind him like do you not remember that you can do these things because <laughs> we're all gonna die <laughs> please have some forethought uh, at one point they go because it's like a newly constructed bit of suburbs there's like a, a whole thing where the road is just going uh like the the, they, the government chases them over to a bridge that's being built mm. and they're like jimmy make the ramp <laughs> <laughs> so they they go off and fly off the ramp and uh, in front of the moon and land on the other <laughs> side yes. Yes. land on the other side of the bridge yeah, and then but it's not it's not like them cycling on a, uh, on a bike because he was the bike right <laughs> yeah. and this ramp is a, uh, i don't know if we I, I said it before but it's just like a slippy ramp right mm. like a slip and slide that's why the guy went sailing it yeah, so he has to while they're on the bike turn into a ramp they all fall into the ramp so when they go across the moon they're all at different angles of like flights because they've got they're completely unregulated in this they're yeah. all like sailing through the air with arms that kind of akimbo everywhere just like ah! so it's like a weird parody thing that's good uh, I'm trying to think how this ends mm. I think with so I think ultimately, you know, Jimmy Jimmy ends up saving the day in some way. Um, so obviously the, the oil needs to kind of end up being confiscated by the right people and mm. end up being used, like, for good. Um, so there's going to have to be some kind of, like, he accidentally is heroic, <laughs> accidentally sort of uh, thwarts the evil corporation, which leads to sort of the, the oil... Mm. As, as it sort of ends up being known as gets kind of like warden it so they're like they, they, they wall off the cave and yeah. like mm. and they're like the, the president definitely turns up to shake Jimmy's hand <laughs> and what thank if, him from services what if he blasted into space as a rocket <laughs> yes <laughs> pathetic person <laughs> yeah so and then on his, on his return he, he lands on the um on the school roof and, yeah. the, and the president's there having just landed on a helicopter and he's like Jimmy 
What you didn't know was that we were, we were like the FBI are there. Yeah. And they're just like, Jimmy, what you didn't know was that we had been looking for that, uh, for, for, uh, or open an investigation on this corporation for years. We just couldn't find any evidence that they were doing any dirty dealings. But now that you have stopped them, we found it. <laughs> and yeah. they've tried to kill children. Yeah. <laughs> now that they've tried to kill children. <laughs> Thank God we got here in time before <laughs> that happened. And knocked down a school. It was clear to us that <laughs> we weren't doing our jobs correctly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they, they formally apologised to sort of the children's school. And there's a lot, of, a lot of awkward pictures of Jimmy, like, you know, like shaking the president's hand and been awarded medals. He's awkwardly waving on the front of a big float for a parade in his honour for, like, yeah. saving everyone. And... Um, and he'll definitely get to kiss the girl. Yeah. Um, there should be some moments where the bullies come up and they'll be like, you know what, Pearson? You're per- really cool. <laughs> and, like, and he's like, ah, oh, thanks, Brett. And like, there's, yeah, there's, there's a moment where the biggest, hardest kid, like, shakes his hand and uh, behind him is the the very heavily bandaged one that got flung into the sun earlier <laughs> who just kind of like nods and just doesn't say anything. President voiceover and that was the day that we all discovered that uh, we that uh, a little boy showed us that sometimes we're all a pathetic person. <laughs> I, I would have gone one better and just added an, another theme that wasn't relevant for the entire <laughs> film and just go, and that was and that was the day we learned that we probably shouldn't have been burning oil in our cars <laughs> to make oh, electricity. Like happy feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like happy Here's feet. a climate change message. <laughs> Yeah, the real message is fracking. You shouldn't do it. It's bad. Last three minutes of the film. <laughs> oh, there you go. Right. Um, so those were all our honourable mentions. So uh, Amazing. Thank you to everyone who's given us those on the social media, the facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show. If you're enjoying the episode so far, give us a follow there so you can find out whatever we do. And uh, if you're really liking the show, then maybe you want to go over to patreon.com forward slash lives of pitch podcast where you can uh, find a load of bonus stuff. Uh, you can get a, a, a bonus pitch every single week. You can get behind the scenes stuff. You can vote on the genre each week uh, and get uh, movie commentaries with us. So uh, all sorts of stuff that you can get over there. And uh, the people who have uh, helped us out over there to, to help us make the uh, podcast better are uh, as follows. Uh, Mahir Trevetti, Spicy Boy... Uh, my Waste of Talent, Brandon Spanky Mills, Ross underscore Originals, Stephen D. Thomas, Charlie Brambles, Jimblebee Beefy Beans, Spanky Brandon Mills, Alex Keane, Brent Black, and Joe Hegarty. Thank you all for your help over, uh, over the course. It's uh, helping immensely. Yeah, uh, thank you for uh, going on to Patreon, guys. That, yeah, really does mean a lot. Uh, and if you can't go over there, and uh, if you can't afford it, then um, we we understand. It's it's tough e- economic times out there, um, so we will be fine with if you just want to share it with a friend, mm-hmm. or um, tell someone about it, or share it on social media when we do the post on on our social media. Whatever you do uh, to help, it really helps out. Maybe go over to iTunes, give us a five star review. It all helps. Mm-hmm. Honestly, anything you can do, um, we really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, so thank you if, if you go out and do that after this episode. So before we move on to our final pitch, we've got an award to give away. Ooh. An award? So this award is called the 
Yes, very clever. Award. Yeah, we give this out to people who've given us titles that are uh, a parody on another existing title or just a funny joke. Uh, a hilarious goof. A hilarious joke. So uh, this week's Yes Very Clever Award goes to Max Revels, who's given us Superman. Nice. So Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's like Superman. But with an extra P. Oh, I mean, we could have done something with that. We probably could. But there wasn't very many Yes Very Clever Award candidates this week, so... <laughs> <laughs> there weren't, weren't enough clever people. No. <laughs> so, so thanks, thanks for that, uh, Max. Uh, you can put that imaginary award on your imaginary shelf. Your imaginary mantelpiece. Yes. Say that ten times first. <laughs> so, now I've done that. Let's move on to our final pitch this week from my waste of talent. I can't find my keys. <laughs> A classic super. <laughs> it just screams superhero when you hear it. It does. It, 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 I can. I can see it. <laughs> I can see it in front of me. <laughs> I mean, this this person can't. They can't they find can't. their keys. They can't find their keys. Do you think we open on that line? Like it's an old lady. <laughs> um, it's like on the Titanic or something <laughs> and they're stuck in a cabin yeah. and you can hear the sound of the engines going and the, and, the, and it's like water's flowing in and everyone's like we've got to get out of here and then oh she's like my God. I can't find my keys now you've said that yeah I'm just going through like I had this idea of a superhero that came into other films <laughs> And helped oh. people in in crisis. Oh, it's not it's not like other films. Yeah, it's just situ. They they always they they are stuck in time. Basically, only being summoned when someone says, "I can't find my keys." <laughs> ah, so there's like there's sort of an infinite amount of sort of historical things that you could so it, it could be quite the uh like the visual it's, it's definitely like an imax worthy kind of film yeah. so like things like the titanic uh but you could have like um it could go right the way back to like uh like tudor times yeah. and then go all the way forward to like mm. the future where it's like ah, oh, zorb i can't find my keys and then suddenly he's there <laughs> uh, zorb a future name <laughs> when in the future everyone's name begins with Z. <laughs> Um, I will. Uh, who would you cast as someone who is trapped in time, trying to help people find their keys? But like, they're not trying to do that. They're being. It's like um, Quantum Leap. They're getting <laughs> brought into places forcefully, made to try and find someone's keys, and then like teleported to the next place, and they have to among that try and figure out what it is and why and how to stop it how to get hoping that the next jump will be the last jump I was home. just like they are the same person they are the people who are looking for the keys but then again that is just quantum leap yeah uh, so yeah it might just be someone appearing to help them like you said yeah um, um, Kristen Wiig Kristen Wiig Kristen Wiig uh, okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kristen Wiig would have um, she'd have that good kind of resigned expression of this kind of like 
this again, is it? Oh, good. Like, she, she can handle everything with that kind of gritted teeth, yeah. eye roll. You lost okay. your keys, did you? All right, great, cool. Okay. Super. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Um, and she's, that, it's kind of, it's going to have montages, right? Like, mm. it, it, there's definitely going to be a sort of a whole thing where she's kind of groundhog dayed into this whole thing mm-hmm. because she's like never getting she, she does get hungry and thirsty and stuff but she doesn't have time to eat unless she's found found a non-essential looking for keys moment yeah <laughs> so i'm thinking this film starts with the titanic bit this, okay. this yeah. sets up the entire premise of the film this woman can't get out of a cabin on the titanic um, and then it's like uh, it comes up we cut to, she's like I've got him and then she unlocks the door and, yeah. shoop, and then <laughs> cut to black and then it cuts to the title I can't find my keys um, and then it's like 30 minutes earlier brackets for me 80 years later for everyone brackets for everyone else <laughs> um, and, uh, and we find out how she got to this point how i don't know well, that she should be doing some voiceovers while there's like lots of stills of like key finding and like <laughs> you might be wondering how i got myself in this situation um so i think i think um we we she's like let's 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 pull it all the way back and it goes and we sort of rewind mm. and it's a she's she's in a shopping center she's uh she's going along with the trolley she's sort of uh you know putting Putting quite a lot of snacks, quite a lot of sort of, mm. sort of bottles in uh, in the trolley. She's she's looking a little a little worse for wear. The, the cashier she's makes some kind of the cashier makes some kind of pithy comment about you know oh that that's quite a lot of wine for one person. She's like mm, that's quite a lot of sass for one person, Janine. And like there's <laughs> just and she just puts the shades down and there's just like a moment of like. This is her character. <laughs> um, and as she's leaving, um, sort of with her trolley of uh, things, um, she realizes she hasn't got her car keys and she's patting and she's like, God, and she's looking around and she, and she's, and she's like, so she leaves her trolley and she's about to walk back into the supermarket. Bam. Hit by a truck. Oh, shit. She wakes up and everything's just that little bit still and that little bit weird. And there's just loads of, just loads of like screens. And, and in those screens, there are just loads of other people like patting their legs, looking through their bags, <laughs> you know, uh, shouting, like shouting at their spouses, like, you know, where's, where's my thing? She's like, what the is going on? And, and as she sort of like leans and sort of touches one of the screens, that's when she first ends up in. Okay. So it's not ever explained where she is it's, or not yet. what's no, going on. No, it's that limbo state of like mm. her death being caused by looking for those keys mm. puts her in this oh. like where's my keys limbo so rather than <laughs> rather than death yeah. rather than like afterlife she ends up caught in this kind of preventing others death so for example the woman on the titanic lives because kristen yeah. wade helps her find a key yeah. she can finally get out of the cabin mm. and you see her like finally on the boat like oh imagine if i hadn't have found those keys oh my God. <laughs> the guy in the truck dropped his keys um he was looking that he was uh, reaching down handbrake that's, yeah yeah that's so, when he smashed into so it. like that's the bit we'll get to eventually yeah yeah i think we she goes through a lot of people hmm. right each time she's at a different place in time 
Um, but whenever she gets to a time that's further on than, at some point we'll say, um, she gets to a, a time that's further on than her death mm. and she gets to see her own funeral. Because she decides not to help find the keys, because this has got to be the the, the, the refusal mm. of the call, right? Yeah. Is eventually she's like, no, I'm not, not doing it. I'm just going to mm. walk off, and I'm not going to find your keys, and I'll be here forever, and oh, I won't have died. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a week after she actually dies. Yeah, it's like maybe the yeah. guy who drives the hearse can't find the keys, and he's just <laughs> like, oh, and the family are like, this is so uncomfortable <laughs> and they're all waiting to get in like the like the funeral cars and they're all just standing around and she and she sees them and she like recognizes oh my god it's my well, I think it would be cool if it was an unrelated thing but she realizes the date is a week on from her death uh... and she just clear walks across town she's in the same town yeah but just something completely unrelated she walks yeah. across town and goes to her own funeral yeah i'm like, home and it's yeah. the wake yeah and they're yeah. in the house yeah. uh, and <laughs> i don't know like now we have to decide like is she real can anyone see her if they yeah can find their keys like maybe that's it is that nobody can see her unless if, they've unless lost unless their they've keys so then oh, she's the like, people who lose their keys this is um because I, i've got a villain in mind for this and it is a conspiracy theorist played by charlie day okay who has yes. seen photos of people losing their keys <laughs> the kristen wig character turning up kind of yeah, like a shadow yes like yeah like a weird sort of ghost Kristen Wiig figure that turns up in like photos across time yes like, yeah. spanning ridiculous decades like, she always turns up when people lose their keys they, uh, they call her the angel of locks <laughs> <laughs> they call her the keyring <laughs> keyring nightly <laughs> yeah and he's drawn a picture of what he thinks she looks like. Yeah. And I, I'm debating. It's just, it's just a really good drawing of Kira Knightley. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm thinking what his thing, his goal is, is to lose his keys. But he can't. He, he... Well, he can. It's just he, didn't, he never gets selected for the... Because he never really loses his keys. Yeah. He never gets, like... Yeah, well, like, that's the thing. He never really loses his keys because he knows where he put yeah. them to lose them. He there's there's a shot of him like going into like the like the keysmiths and the guy's mm. like twenty copies again, Mister Whatever, and he's <laughs> like, you know it, Johnny. And then like he rolls his eyes and ends up printing him a whole of my keys, and he's just walking on the street whistling, chucking keys, and breaks, <laughs> throwing his keys over the wall, sitting at home waiting. <laughs> oh, where's all my keys gone? Incidentally, he gets robbed twenty times. Yeah, all, the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Okay. So we like a, a decent amount of this film is spent with Charlie Day, like searching. <laughs> mm. We cut away sometimes. It's like Kristen Wiig's just doing a thing, saving people, doing going to the wake, and then she has a whole crisis there. We keep going to Charlie Day, <laughs> who's completely irrelevant to what's yeah. happening in and Kristen like, Wiig's life. We, he, he, I guess he'd be like a villain in the same way that the, there's a villain colossal in that, like, it's a character we kind of empathise with through a bit of the film and yeah. then eventually yeah. his drives we're aware, we're made aware that those are unhealthy and, mm. and whatever what are why is he looking for uh, her what kind of sparked that in him that goes like we can fill the in this blank later but it feels like he needs he's a conspiracy theorist for a reason maybe he was like a history 
teacher at one point or like yes uh and he started to notice Mm -hmm. Um, a, a, like a pattern in like uh, you know like uh, survival stories that are like you know my story I nearly died on the Titanic mm. and they're always like those kind of the one thing they have in common is like I couldn't believe how lucky I was had I not found my keys in that one moment I would have yeah. been killed by Hitler or yeah. whatever it is like every <laughs> single time it's like someone someone finally finds their car keys right at the right moment to, to like drive out of like uh, Belgium right at the right point and they're like thank god and all this kind of stuff and he starts to be like Huh, there's something something in common with a lot of these uh survivor stories and he mm. and he and the more he gets into it, obviously eventually like the uni- like the college let him go. Mm. Uh, you know, and he and he's like these students can't handle the truth and uh. Yeah, so he's been he's been sacked you know, sacked from the college, let go because mm. they can no longer justify sort of his crazy rants and he's yeah. not doing any teaching, he's sort of shambolic. But maybe maybe there's one student who was always like right at the back of the class that's took him that little bit serious. So while mm. Charlie Day is kind of the comic face of like that panicking conspiracy theory, mm. maybe he's got one student that actually thinks they can work this out and yeah. starts to piece together from sort of Charlie's ramblings. Yeah. He's actually like, hmm. And they, they sort of work together. Um, the student like centers Charlie's ramblings and because charlie charlie will have general paranoia he'll be like a Mm. like a like a regular uh conspiracy theorist about a lot of things like Mm. as he walks like he deliberately doesn't step on the cracks in the pavement and and dodges ladders and he's sort of stumbling Mm. around and like his students just a much much sneaker and cooler but he's like he's he's much sneaker and cooler played by uh millie bobby brown Brown. yes (laughs) and she um but she's like a van helsing thing her thing is like she wants to 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 stop it like <laughs> yeah this something's interfering with yeah with history yeah. like uh mandela effect yeah yeah like, she's yeah. a big believer in the justification of death in tragic circumstances like her whole thing is like death is a natural part of life she's totally mm. goth yeah. yeah yeah she's she's yeah she's really into that kind of you know anything that sort of delays the natural order is like you know is is wrong like maybe like there's a flashback to like her mum uh like dying and maybe it was like a really drawn out sort of sad thing and the idea of like mm. false hope to her is ridiculous yeah. she's like well, death should be quick if it's tragic it should happen yes. it's, it's an accident yeah there's no need for this kind of oh i was rescued i was saved by oh by this mere chance she's like no if it's your time to go it should be your, you don't cheat um, death she her mum what didn't die in an accident her mum died because um she locked a murderer out of like uh, like in like, out of his own house ah. and he was like shit i haven't found my keys <laughs> uh, like, oh and someone to um kristen wigton this is where i was uh, gonna go but i was like it's maybe a bit too dark and like now nah. adding adding a morally great we've got we've got, we've got this, this mary shelley shit going on <laughs> yeah, so definitely. it's like yeah um so yeah like kristen wig like there's some stuff she doesn't want to do, but she has to just to get on to the on. next. Yeah. So there's a guy, and he's like shouting and shouting and shouting at. Or we'll flash back to this because mm. uh, because at this point we've done a couple of montages yeah. of Kristen Wiig just 
um, well, like it's, it's in the montage it's just hidden in the montage and then later on like when Millie Bobby Brown sort of talks yeah. about her thing it's like oh yeah no Kristen Wiig helps her handing a house key over yeah. to a big kind of uh, hand mm. uh, is um, uh, is like the last thing white out we, we cut to Charlie Day talked about his experience right yeah um, later on in the film Millie Bobby Brown is like do you not remember it was you wasn't it um and it was like you know this guy shouting at a woman in the, in a house mm. and she'd locked him out and he's like let me back in something 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 he's a big old mean guy yeah she's changed the locks and he's like god yeah. damn I can't yeah, yeah. find so yeah so Kristen turns up and is like oh. and, and she's really in a rush she's like such a it's such a an offhand one of like mm. here they are and like she's already turning away and you know going into the next thing yeah as this guy's got the keys yeah yeah so yeah so millie bobby brown knows definitely Kristen wick so millie bobby brown is the real villain of this charlie day is the bumbling sidekick kind of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, charlie day is a sort of like well not, not necessarily a sidekick but just a, a guy an exposition machine mm. yeah um, he's the face he he sort of he underpins the seriousness of millie bobby brown's yeah. situation yeah so he looks like just some raving kind of useless lunatic when mm. actually he is still fueling Millie Bobby Brown's like manhunt for Kristen yeah. Wiig. The pinky and the brain. Yes. <laughs> so how do we close this out? Like how do uh, how do we um, find? We, are we ever going to really find out what the nature is of Kristen uh, Wiig's uh, kind of problem is, or is this a tool towards the exploration of that responsibility? So maybe Kristen Wiig and Millie Bob Brown eventually get to a stage where there's like a conclusion of letting go. So eventually, like Millie Bob Brown, it gets to a stage where Kristen Wiig's just like, you know, sometimes you you just gotta you gotta learn, you know, to like go. Things happen, and mm. and this reason, and and that, you know, that leads Kristen Wiig into thinking, oh, maybe it was my time to go. And yeah. she's like, maybe she stood in the wake and she's looking around at her family who obviously can't see her. And, mm. and she starts like thinking that, well, if I'm saying to Millie Bobby Brown that you got to let go and move on, maybe, you know, maybe okay. she's got to think about, mm. and maybe it's that realization that allows her to kind of go on to the next plane. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, absolutely. That um, will, we will frame with Millie Bobby Brown being able to trap um, Kirsten Wig, yes. right? So she's Millie Bobby Brown is not only Charlie Day's pupil, but she's also doing like uh, theoretical physics type stuff. Mm. She managed yeah. to find the frequency that that Kirsten Wig uh, kind of uh, is <laughs> travels on, on yeah, yeah. and and trap her in a certain area. So then Kristen, she, she when he she discards her keys and and loses them, Kristen mm. Wig gets summoned, and like she managed to keep him her apart from the keys yeah so she, yeah she gets summoned into like uh into the room and then immediately millie Bobby brown like chains her to like this thing mm. and the keys are right there in the room and and, and, she, and she's like i can't i can't help you unless you yeah. touch the keys yes <laughs> and it's like she's just stood there like um yeah so she yeah she ends up getting her in in a situation um yeah i, I so think unable to move on it was charlie day's keys because you know, she can't lose her own keys if they're there in the room. She tricks Charlie Day into putting them into, into a pot and she says, I'll lose your keys for the, for you. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Um, uh, and then Charlie Day is like, because he's so bad at losing his keys, <laughs> accidentally kind of finds his keys. He's sort of like, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he's like, he's looking for uh, Millie Boy Brown to say, hey, this hasn't worked yet. And stumbles into uh, like this, this kind of uh, warehouse that she's sort of been setting all this up. And she's there with Kirsten Wig like trapped. Yeah. And um Yeah, I think they have this conversation. There'll probably be some kind of action sort of stuff where Charlie Day throws his manages to throw his keys to Kirsten Wig, she finds them, mm. but then like she can't get out of this space. So yeah. every single time someone else loses this uh within like a, a, a kind of like the next few buildings yeah. someone throws their keys away, she turns back up there again. Yeah. So there's a bunch of like teleporting yeah. and stuff. That's um, cool. I like that. Um I think I think yeah, well, like we said, Kristen Wig sort of does she come to terms with moving on I think is that what we were talking yeah. about I think yeah the so end, I think uh, th- yeah the only way that like because sort of Charlie Day realises that this isn't what he signed up for hmm. and he ends up quite sort of afraid of Millie Bob Brown it gets to a point where they're able to sort of yeah she learns to let go and understand that death if death is a part of life then then so is accident so is misfortune so right. is you know um, which yeah which leads Kristen Wiig to the to the understanding that that applies to her as well yeah and that is the realization that she needs to actually move on. But she moves on, ends up in the black room again with one screen, and it's the guy in the truck looking for his keys. Ah, so maybe when she goes back, yeah. she's like there, and she's with her trolley, at her, like her car again. She like mm. looks up. And she sees further along the van guy mm. patting sort of his his trousers. And she's well, like, what if she's oh. in the truck with him? Yeah, that's why I thought. And she, then she, she sees him. Ah, yeah. And she yes. can yeah. find them for him. But she's like, I guess not. And then the truck hits her. Hits her. Mm. Cut to black. Yeah. Credits. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there, there should be like, there should be like a tender moment where. When she's she sort of had that realization, it's all it's all like come to sort of fruition. Mm. But there's a moment when she's like able to kind of like think about the family and sort of the wake, but how that they're all comforting each other yeah. and moving on in their grief. And like, what would they do now if I came back? You know, it's that kind of like that that's selfish, isn't it? To like mm. keep things going on and on, even when yeah. they've had their time and all these these kind of loads of pull quotes and things like that that she's saying. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Stuff for the trailer. It's a film. <laughs> it's a film. Yeah. Um, can uh, can Danny DeVito drive the truck? Because uh, yes. he should be too little <laughs> yes. for the truck. Yeah, he's already <laughs> the pedals. Yeah, he's on like three books as it is. So like he drops the keys, he's like ah, and he, as he slips on the books. So like the whole the him even being in the truck is a shambles to begin with, and and she should just be like just smiling over at him and just you know just just letting it happen, just letting herself get killed by Danny DeVito. <laughs> it's a film about losing things. Mm. Oh my god. Or people and the things you find along the way. <laughs> Friends. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so close to crying. <laughs> it's so it's genuinely really good. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, My Waste of Talent, for that title. I hope you uh, enjoyed the film. I hope everyone listening enjoys uh, this episode. What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> we end the podcast. Yes. So, uh, uh, Charlie, thank you for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks yeah. for having me. Do you have anything you want to uh, plug? 
Um, oh, when does this go out? That tomorrow. One? Tomorrow. Um, so depending on what time this goes out, uh, t- tonight evening, uh, there is a improv comedy show starting at Hagler's Bar, which is also on the first Wednesday of every month. Um, mm. It's just the launch night um, tonight uh, called Little Chicago Comedy. Um, which is uh, should be really fun. It's free, and uh, yeah, you should go see it. Go yeah. see that. Do it, and um, watch the funnies. Mm. Watch the funnies. Hagler's Bar in Sheffield, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. yes. And yeah, I think uh, Strike are performing every month. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're the house team, um, so there'll be sort of a different combination of those guys every month. Mm. Uh, and then we've got, yeah, we've got some amazing acts coming up, actually. We've managed mm. to get some uh, some awesome troops coming in from sort of across the country who are all going to do a variety of different things. Um, and then we're going to do something completely different to them in the second half. So, yeah, we've got the antics uh, sort of, of Sheffield. Um, they're on they're on our launch show mm. uh, and then various different friends on uh, after that oh that's amazing sounds fun cool get yourself down there yeah. Hagler's Bar um, first Wednesday of every month mm. 7 so, o'clock yeah doors at 7 show about 7.30 awesome cool. well thank you uh, for listening thank you uh, Chai for coming on and thank you uh, to all our patrons um until you find yourself until, uh, fi- until you find your keys until you find yourself um, <laughs> <laughs> and find or lose your keys <laughs> until then or until next time I've been Matt Turner I've been Tom McGrath uh, and I've been Charlie Gascoigne remember who bitched it bye, bye.